0: Hey, greetings fellow slinging agents in the wild, welcome back to the show. We got our after action report for Lot 27 on deck and warmed up for you. Funny little story though, I had forgot to do the edit on this one. So as I began to listen to it for the edit, I realized as the voices bled through my headphones that this episode's content had something raw about it. That this after action report was, for lack of a better word, visceral. And so I got to thinking, why not just release it the way it is, including its raw video? So if you want to see your trusted handler and his hard slingers of yore, go behind the scenes of Lot 27, then head on over to our YouTube channel at Roll the Hard 20 and you can watch us kind of go through the outline and flub up stuff, stuff that usually gets edited out. I'm just going to leave it in there. Why? Because it shows we're human. Speaking of our YouTube channel, we got some shoutouts from over there. I want to welcome our newest subscriber. If and O picture. Welcome to the channel. Please enjoy our content, both current and archived. There's plenty to choose from, and I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Also, Henry Anderson, thanking us once again for our material, and as always, thank you, Henry. We really appreciate your staying power. Also, from James Walker, who said he was pumped up for the finale. Well, it's dropped, and it's in the world. I can only hope it lived up to everyone's expectations. Balint had mentioned a few episodes ago, possibly sharing the agent's stats. That is certainly something that can be done, Balint. I'll get with the other card slingers and we'll see what they want to do, what they want to drop. I know that Sammy wanted to draw a few pictures of the agents as well. And we could put those on the website or we could drop them on any one of the social media platforms. So we'll get that out there for you guys also. As always, you fellow slinging agents in the wild are the show's life's blood. It continues moving forward because of listeners like you. Sure, the panel of hard slingers, as well as viewers trusted, are part of it too. But really, we're here for you. So remember, if you like what we're putting out, and we love to put out, then consider subscribing to our YouTube channel at World of hard 20. Leave us that 5-star rating and a review, please, on whatever podcast app you listen to the show on. And always, always warm up your dice and top off your glass while listening to Roll the Hard 20 podcasts presenting whatever they've got queued up. And right now, we got our after action report for Lot 27, so enjoy.
1: Polly still has the stone, and since he still got the stone, I've been thinking about it. And you know, in terms of game time, if any, if so much as a droplet gets out and hits the ground, well, then it's basically the we've unleashed a, a force upon the earth that we've been trying to contain or keep contained. So then my thought would yeah, okay, be, I mean, okay, what's? It's kind of like that mystical poison you put on the dagger, right? It's instant death. But no matter how well you clean the dagger or the spear or the sword, you can never get rid of it. It's always there. And I'm thinking this is so much like the same thing. I mean, you open it, there's always going to be a residue. It doesn't completely come out. So then what? The container's just as bad. Even if you get rid of the fluid, what happens to the container? So then Ryder said, well, it would probably be best to be encased in lead and put a bunch of acloglyphs on it that if you don't know how to read the correct passphrase, or have a resistance to the mental problems that the acloglyphs cause, it acts like it's, your brain turns off. Your brain refuses to see it. Basically, it's not there, because your brain doesn't wanna recognize that it's there. Like, that's pretty good. So, I'm thinking the way to dispose of this item would be to encase it in lead, because that doesn't degrade, and then put the acloglyphs on it, then I was thinking, throw it into a, throw it into
2: the Mariana Trench. Well, the idea. That, I wonder that we if you could smelt it. With.
0: Smelt it? I wonder if smelting it would would make a difference. Like yeah, if throwing you, it into a forge. Yeah, you know what I mean? to you know, like a, an actual metal crucible where it's not touching the ground. If you were to smelt it and just evaporate it away. But then again, yeah. I mean. You're just changing one type of of molecule for another you know yeah. you're you're going from you're liquid never really getting rid of something yeah. you're just changing its its baseline structure from say oxygen and hydrogen and hydrogen into h2o that that's how that kind of thing works you know mm-hmm. so i'm wondering if, probably
2: have the stone
0: because we never got rid of it
2: wouldn't they yeah. ask for that
0: who's they you guys are still at the top of the mountain even though okay. the Adventure is done, even though the scenarios has culminated We're looking at the at the epilogues that we put together what you guys will be doing when you return like And you know, I want you guys to be part of these
1: epilogues when we do put them together So see it makes sense that it's consumed because the process of consumption by a person breaks it down into something else and therefore they die but they also Get rid of it. Okay, so
2: so Heisenberg do you doesn't all want of it back or it? nothing. Pardon?
0: Heisenberg doesn't want it back or nothing. He does. He said to to reclaim it at all costs, but because of Paulie's disorder of starting to collect things, which is the mm-hmm. thing that's happened to him over time.
2: Collectomania.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's starting to to every everything that he does, every every mission he goes on, he's he's feels this compulsion to collect stuff as a way of tone says it best you know so he knows that everything that he's gone through is real but it's almost to the point of overreaching to make sure it's real by i mean what what's creating what is he doing it to make sure everything's real or is he making it real so he has a reason to grab it you know what which which one's predicated upon the long
1: term a will probably be somebody's mission <laughs> you know well it's to a to team it, to him to take him out and take out all the stuff that he has
0: wherever it is you know well I it know, is a good possibility episodes <laughs> you guys could all be a mission at some point you know once you start getting dead behind the eyes but let's talk about this mission first let's uh let's ring us in and uh talk about lot number 27 Greetings, fellow Slingers. Welcome back to Roll the Hard 20 podcast. It is I, your trusted handler, Brian, and with me, my hard Slingers of yore. Greetings. We're here to talk about our after action report for our homebrew scenario, lot number 27. So you guys got the call from Heisenberg, Agent Odesso, Agent Kimura, to meet at LaGuardia Airport. And we did the, uh, the epilogues on this, so it's did we do the epilogues? I'm sorry. The prologues. We didn't we did the prologues, yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's what I meant to say. Talking about epilogue, epilogue, epilogue. Now we're talking about prologue. To meet at LaGuardia Airport, and you actually hooked up with Kimura. I forgot what right his now. first name. Lewis. Louis Kimura. And uh your whole thing was revolving around collecting this hex snare basically heisenberg had mentioned to you guys that this thing had been procured by the Kunz Historische museum in vienna austria sorry i can't even find it in my notes i just had to remember it from memory mm-hmm. and it was uh, an artifact known as the spiritus demos basically a hex snare that held something in that if it was ever unleashed upon the world would lead to its doom So what we'll do is we'll just kind of go through some of the high points and and how you guys felt about the AP. How you guys reacted to some of the things. Because I know that the moment you guys got in the van at the airport, you hit the ground running. You were told to head to the auction. You guys were told to head to the auction house at 23 Rockefeller Street. They have an auction place in there. And the auction had taken place the night before. So you guys were already kind of behind the eight ball. And in fact, you are following suit from November Cell, which had not reported back in and mm-hmm. had, basically had gone missing. So let's pick it up from there. <laughs> Whoopsie. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. So November
1: Cell had gone missing. We figured it out that we just need to keep tracing after the people who were looking out for us. And are you talking about this when you say after November, went listening was this after we got attacked on the
0: subway or before it? This is, this is well before when you guys immediately left the airport, you went straight to 20 Rockefeller Plaza, which was where the uh, auction had taken place. And you were to meet with Gregory James, who was the auctioneer at the time and he had taken some money on the side to run this private auction and they had tacked it onto the back of the private and iconics collection basically that only ran for 26 lots they asked him to stick around for a 27th and that there were three private bidders that he was supposed to facilitate at the time but nobody else knew about that and whether or not November cell had shown up or not you'd you were unaware of what their how far they had gone into the mission at that time so I know that uh when you guys had first came on the scene you guys came out pretty hot and heavy talked to Patricia Patricia Lafieu, who was the what was she she was the receptionist up front and basically told you that Gregory James was the individual that had facilitated it right
1: well as i remember they had talked to her and they were told to go look at the uh the warehouse or they went to the warehouse from what we remember from what i remember is they made entry into the warehouse but weren't able to find the lots because they'd already been sold so then they tracked the lots to the subway and somewhere between the warehouse and the subway they met their end except for the woman who continued that was was a
0: a person that you didn't even find out had survived until you guys made it to the to the train track or whatnot Mm -hmm. but after you guys had gotten the information from Gregory James uh you found out that the buyer was one Deacon Gray and then when you reported that back to Heisenberg and you found out that they were staying at the civilian hotel. One of the things I wanted to say is that all the places that we had incorporated in this AP are, are legitimate places in New York. And along the 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 train stops of the Amtrak train heading towards the west. So I like to do that for the listeners. So they if they ever take the Amtrak train, they could say, Yeah, you know what? I was on the Lakeshore Limited. I remember this. In that ap or i jumped Mm. on the california zephyr i remember this too and all these other little things and shit like that
2: so yeah i think we're going to put together a whole sort of vacation package you know go through be able to relive this whole thing culminates at the end of a mountain you get to kill a bunch of cultists it's pretty fun
0: they're probably just tourists but tourists cultists eh, what difference does it make right
2: what are they doing on the mountain and in the blood moon you know they
0: shouldn't be there under that (laughs) i don't care if you're just viewing the beautiful blood lunar eclipse that's that's out of can't be doing that right Right. Anyways, you guys had had questioned this guy and found out he had taken quite a bit of money as his stipend for doing that and in return you found out that like i said it was deacon gray and that they were staying at the civilian and you guys did really well with putting the pieces together um it's it's kind of funny because all the episodes are already edited and I, I think I did them all within like a day and a half, just like shotgunned through them. And uh, I was really amazed at how you guys put things together and pieced it together with the stuff that you, you knew you were looking for. Like you found the one guy that was in the bathroom in in the civilian hotel, stabbed multiple times. His eyes had been gouged out. He was basically going to expire within minutes. You guys realize that it that he was still alive but he should be dead meaning that these people had just left Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you figured out that he was probably one of the cultists and that they were punishing him for some reason you looked in the trash can you checked his pockets and you found all the evidence and information you needed to get to Penn Station to continue following their trail
1: well, you set it up real logically, bro, so it was, it was easy to follow. The, the only thing I can think of to improve upon would be to make Deacon part of the mission. And you only get to Deacon at the end. Deacon shouldn't be part or on the train or part of the group. That is, he sent people to get the artifact. They got it. And he is now going to meet them at the end location. Otherwise, you have opportunities for us to get in there and stop the mission before they get to the train or try to take the box while on the train or take the box somewhere in route. And that can be mitigated. I mean, it could be a two part kind of thing like, OK, you got the box. You missed Deacon. You got to get Deacon or you don't get Deacon. You just got the box. OK, well, there you go. Now you got a loose end or you get you get Deacon and you get the box. You wrap it up entirely because there had to be some kind of impetus um, to keep us from doing, or not us, but keep the players from going out and basically just shooting everybody on the train. Because that was something we could have done, but we kept worrying about collateral damage. Possibly another a group of players wouldn't be so concerned. Or they're faster on the draw, and they get to the point where they can do something, and they can seize the box in the, air, in the airplane, or excuse me, in the train terminal, or they seize the box... Somewhere sooner, I I don't know. We did get a picture of Deacon Gray, but we didn't really expand upon it because his ID was part of the um, room check-in at the civilian, but we never found him. We never matched his uh, picture with any of the people who were carrying the box.
0: Well, as part of him not being at the end, though, there was a reason why I had him going the whole time. Mm -hmm. Because he was using a dual identity. He was using Isaac Bauer and Deacon Gray. And because he had an affiliation to Sunset Red, whose CEO owned a yacht that was in Emory'sville, in the Emory'sville Yacht Club. Mm -hmm. uh, You kind of got the feeling that one or the other was going there. But you didn't know which one it was Mm -hmm. until later on you found out that they were the same person i didn't need to be present for that to happen no he didn't but it was his clout that was getting them where they needed to go and it when he had the added train cars and one was in his in both of his names one was in isaac bauer one was in deacon gray it kind of and i try to play on that a little so I, I kind of wanted him to be along for the ride, because if you guys could pick it up sooner, I was okay with it, although I wanted you guys to follow it all the way through. I know Sam had asked a couple times, hey, are we supposed to keep following this this box and or to the end of the line? Well, see, that's where, that's where the cool moral choices come in, right? We could have taken it at the church. Um,
1: and if we were, all right, fuck it, we're going to do it now. We're going to... Take the box at the church, kill everybody, including Joey, our driver, because he's now seen too much. And what do you there mean, we go. Kill
0: Joey. <laughs> Don't kill Joey.
1: But th- th- that could have been an alternative course of action. And let's just say we won that battle. We killed everybody, killed the old lady, burned the church down, got the box. And if Deacon Gray's not there, it's still, well, yeah, but you only, Heisenberg comes back and says, or whoever the handler says, yeah, you only completed half the mission. You got the box. Great. Where's Deacon? Deacon's the only one who knows what the fuck this thing is. I mean, we know it's a hex snare, but snaring what? What purpose? Right? The lady was the one that gave us the uh, the the um. She gave us the clues and the means to destroy it by saying, "Yeah, it's got to be consumed by a woman." Okay, that's important information now, but
0: you don't get that information if you don't follow it. You I think go and during go blazes, Heisenberg's i think during heisenberg's initial briefing i think he had mentioned that there was an entity or something to do with this um deimos right exactly that but, was in there but you didn't know who it was right or or how to deal with it or how it's consumed or how it's let loose right he was and the you don't one find that, that out if you, you take the box too soon that should be the reward sam and uh when you guys finally got on the train and made it onto the lakeshore limited and you guys started traveling along trying to find out where these guys were and, and what they were doing there were there are a lot of stops on that train so it was cool to see you guys monitoring whether or not they got off or stayed on got off or stayed on or whatever eventually when they got to the chicago union station um and then they got off and, and took the shuttle van to that church and you followed him, I didn't think it was going to be that hard. And you guys later on at the end of that episode, which I, which was more of of an ex exposition type of an episode. That's when you guys had mentioned, man, I I really didn't know what to do here. You know what? We were, we were supposed to ask the lady because the guys went in, they were in there for about an hour. They came back out with the box still with all these runes upon it. And then you sent Makamura and Chiawi to go follow it back to the station. And you guys went in to go investigate. And I think where you guys got stymied were the questions to ask Gretna Green. And I thought it would be pretty simple. But I guess I, I wrote it too too simplistic that it, it seemed like it should have been more complicated, I guess. I don't know.
2: Well, the issue was. Well, I didn't know we, if we needed we, we to were take tracking- her out or anything. You know, like that was the thing. It was like, um, you know, we see something that we needed to tie up. Was she non-threatening, but may have to send someone after to go, you know, silence her. So I wasn't necessarily sure what we were supposed to do there. Because all my instincts were like, as soon as they're coming out, let's let's gank them and get the box. But, you know, it's like, that didn't seem to be what, because we had to follow it to its destination. So it was like, it was screaming to do something and it was fighting fighting against the instincts of wanting to do what i i I wanted to do or thought we had to do you know um but yeah that was that one that was the one part that kind of threw threw us for some reason because we got confronted by an old woman (laughs) and And, and i thought uh, that
0: once you got the info i thought for sure Odessa was going to take her out just you know i i was i was counting on that because technically she has the loose ends of of knowing the information about um off of shell the while the vial sorry the vial um, in in what's can contained within that stone and so I just figured that Odessa wouldn't have let her retain that knowledge to pass on to anybody else because that she does now not not only does she know who has the stone, she knows what's in the stone and she knows who's going after the men who have the stone, which are the agents. And I just figured that was like a huge loose end that that Odessa would have just said, okay, you know, flip her off, switch, and get back on.
2: Well, what threw me... I got to jump real quick. Hold on real quick. I got to check on the boy, okay?
0: okay? Yeah, go ahead.
2: What throws
1: me, it was the fact that she said she wanted to die. And then I'm thinking, well, now we have an opportunity to dispose of the entity by having her consume it. She knows what it is. She knows what she has to do. Possibly that's the solution. Bring it back to her. And then she can make sure that every drop that's conceivably done gets out of that. And then she consumes it.
0: And then it's it's dealt with. I think as a vessel, though, I don't know if she is, is a viable one. She's so fucking old that I think it, it probably would have killed her and then just worked its way through her. You know, probably right out of her fucking anus, for all we know. It just, it would have just sizzled through her. Because even though it's not specified what it does to the body, you know that it's going to take the body out. And you would need something that was younger and stronger. I mean, her body was balsa wood and Kleenex. So, Mm -hmm. but I thought that that. you were going to take her out. I was like, oh, he's going to. Maybe we come back and she says, you need somebody younger. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, somebody who can do this. And I know that when, um, you guys were on the train after you left the uh chicago union station you were thinking that this thing's going to make it all the way to the end of the line which is in northern california Mm -hmm. and then uh i think the next stop they had gotten their private cars and then you started finding out that uh you you were going to need more weapons i i forget the what had gone on uh, that precipitated that but you had made a call to get another something more powerful which is when you drew the luck of the draw with a uh the 50 caliber browning which was <laughs> nice um yeah. but when that be a little barrett, girl went caliber barrett but whatever what's up? barrett makes a 50 caliber rifle oh sorry it was a 50 caliber barrett yeah that's right um my bad when you got the 50 caliber barrett yeah. and then uh I forget at what point the little girl had gone missing, and then she got
1: missing before the before the second stop because we were there. She was in the observation car. There's a stop, and then she goes missing.
0: Right, I think that was in Gainesville.
1: I think you're correct.
0: And uh, you guys ended up driving along, continuing along, and. I know that each had had spoken with the conductor and the Mm -hmm. father wondering how, you know, what was going on and that this, this little girl had gone missing. Yeah. And when he was questioning him, he, they were wondering whether or not the girl had played hide and seek or not. And that obviously the father's like, nope, that's not the case. That's not the case. And then each started going with the conductor wanting to look at those private cars yeah the oh, private that's what,
1: cars were arrived or added in denver Colorado. it says 715 denver colorado arrival eight-year-old girl missing on the train private cars added at the stop so when the private cars were added that's when she went missing
0: right and <clears throat> i know that everybody was wondering you know where's this girl where's this girl and whatnot you guys put it together pretty quick that she must be in one of the cars well the first car nobody answered the door second car was the same old couple that you had met back on the Lakeshore Limited Mm -hmm. and the third car had um, Deacon Gray on so and then it was later on you found out that they had rented the first car under Isaac Bauer's name and that was a that was where the little girl was at basically they had bathed the stone in blood in her blood And, uh, and
1: why would do we find out why that was necessary
0: it the reason why is because i think that the somebody had made a mention that when you look at blood under a full blood lunar eclipse the blood looks black i think gretna green had mentioned that and so they wanted this milky quartz stone to be to be bathed in this crimson so when it was under this moon it was it was a black color so then they that's when they would strike it open it was part of whatever their uh their cultist ceremony was but you were you were correct in assuming that that's what they were doing with the girl that they were using her for part of a
2: of a sacrifice or whatnot so yeah I like the I like the idea of the you know putting together the lore of you know it she was like what 12 or something even younger or something I think she was eight yeah poor kid (laughs) Yeah. It's all made up. I'm all poor kid. But, you know, it had to be, you know, the blood of a, you know, a pure or innocent to coat the stone in order to draw f- forth. It's like the first offering to the, you know, that blood God in there. And then yeah. bathing it under the moon, the blood would slowly turn black and fade away. And that's when the inner stone, that thing inside would start to glow. Like it blood for blood, you know, sangre por sangre. You know, it need it needed that offering to awaken the dormant state of that old entity in there
1: so is that our way to cleanse it then we cleanse the stone the blood's offering is gone now it's vulnerable to be
0: destroyed
2: it just needs to be ingested by did you say a girl
0: right or a i woman, think it was yeah. a girl
2: right a yeah, woman and then
0: preferably the a young one that is strong yeah. though like like i was saying gretna green her her body wouldn't do it it wouldn't be strong
2: enough so maybe her daughter. Possibly <laughs> crush the stone with those hands. <laughs> yes. Well we did make
0: a I did allude that her daughter Anna well, as she described to Anna. Uh it's possibly some that you guys may have crossed paths with. I never really said Anna's last name from any of the previous APs and you know, it's possible it could be green. That'd be strange. Delta green, <laughs> Gretna green. By the way, I don't know if I ever told you guys that I the way how I got that name Gretna green, there's a road that I passed by. It's Gretna green is the name of the road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was That's like, that is a fucking cool name. I got to put that in the next AP. So
2: I at first was thinking it was based off of Cabrini green, which was the from you, Candy you know Man. What?
0: yeah I knew you were gonna think and it was that spooky too.
2: you know so it, it's it's a it's a cool sounding name I thought that's where
0: you might have thought it, it went from but uh I was like I wonder if Sam will think that he probably will but now when I see this road all the time I'm like yeah that totally reminds me of a good name for like an old lady and I'm like I got just the
2: <laughs>
0: the NPC that I want to put together for that so
2: yeah I think it's a place or a town or something in Scotland Hey, oh, hey, gretna green, hey green, yeah. you know.
0: Well, when you guys had eventually got back on the train, and Odesso had gotten his sniper rifle, and you guys were stuck on the tracks, I remember you guys saying, "Well, we're not, we're we're going to get out of Colorado by the end of the day." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, you definitely, you know, you you keep going. You're, you'll be in California probably that night." And then the train got stuck. And that was designed to make it so that the next stop, which was Glenwood Springs, you were forced to wait till you got to it. And because they have those hopper cars all on the track that have all the, the sand and stuff so that the the winds won't buffet the train as it's going through the Rocky Mountains and stuff. I was like, it'd oh, be kind cool of cool if the cultists had knocked that over to hold it back so it was forced to get there in time, you know, so they wouldn't have people looking for this little girl you know the authorities already on the train and stuff it would just so when you guys got to Glenwood Springs you know at that point the moon is starting to come up the stars are starting to pop out the Sun's long down and you guys started following Deacon Gray and his men as they got off the train and I made a point of saying that the train was going to leave in 10 minutes and at six minutes, they hadn't turned back, meaning they were beyond the point of return to get back to the train. I think each had noticed that they were all heading towards one of those sky lifts. And I just oh, yeah. I, I just always wanted to put one of those in, a, in an AP where you guys are going up this fucking mountain in these sky lifts, wondering if these bastards are going to turn this thing off on you while you're in mid, you know, between points and stuff that should be in the handler's notes that if they don't leave someone behind that's what happens it was highly possible that was going to happen there were a lot of times you guys did a lot of cool things that um that prevented me from from really taking advantage of you guys on the road and you guys not having to roll up new characters because there were times i was like You know if they get into it with these cultists at some point and they're not prepared or even if they get stuck on the sky lift because i mean you're getting closer to the end there's got to be the stakes have got to keep getting higher and higher because if if it's the same then it's like well it really wasn't that hard we were just going through 24 pages of an ap and we just made it from one end to the other and wasted a couple hours i want you guys to feel the fear that you know these guys could take you guys out or you could definitely just take them out or what's going to happen with this stone and stuff. But for you to have left Makamura down below, that was really cool because who knows? I might have rolled the dice and said, okay, one of the guys stays behind and tries to, to fuck with the toggle or whatever. You know, he sees that, makes a an alertness check to see whether or not you guys are being followed.
2: Breaks out it. the bolt cutters. Yeah, snip, it makes out a, it makes an <laughs> intuition
0: check which will be yeah. something we'll be adding in so i
2: uh what i really liked about this so first of all the, those sky cars it reminded me of that old i don't know if you remember it Tony, that old show i think it was nighthawks with stallone and he was like following rutger Hauer up there it was like a really mm-hmm. intense moment it was tense here too but what i liked about this ap was it it felt like a bond type spy movie because you had these great locations you're on a train right you're going through the rockies we're headed to california to the coast with a big yacht and then you're stopping and it's like oh now we got the you know the, the mountain cars are going up like each of those scenes i'm surprised we didn't get on top of the train so i was pretty let down um <laughs> but that would have been that would have been awesome too i'm sort of told fighting. you you could <laughs> i told you that they had
0: windows over the private cars i thought for sure you were going to like monkey your way up to the top and like like had you gone up on top and looked down in car number one the roof would have been you know the the what do you call those like the shade would have been open and you would have just seen the carnage down below you would have had to make a sanity check but you would have seen the carnage down below and you would have known fuck dude there's the body right there yeah well you know, we, I,
2: we knew it was there we knew it was in one of those rooms and you just couldn't prove it and old lewis wouldn't let us in and i didn't want a strong arm and give away because i didn't know if the if the cultists knew we were following him. that's why i held back i think it was by room number one um when he was checking room number three and then i got to hear that he said was it isaac bauer when he said his name i'm like the effers in there okay
0: yeah i think he called him mr bauer that's right yeah and he yeah. couldn't
2: see me because i was down the hall so it, the the recon went great you know like I didn't need to see what the guy looked like. I just needed to know he was in there and I was able to confirm like, all right, dude's in there, but yeah, I actually didn't think about going on top of the, the train.
0: I we were stopped either.
2: at that point too. Right?
0: No, not yet. No. Okay. You guys are well, still underway at that point.
2: Yeah. I, I don't think I would have tempted to climb up on a, the roof of a moving train. Can you can know, athletics the check
0: while you're moving.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Got my sword,
2: sword in my <laughs> tonto
0: <laughs> just working your way up this, this obsidian <laughs>
2: blade <laughs> yeah.
0: but yeah i liked the thought of it going through the different locales and all these exotic places even though they were technically still in d uh, i almost said dc that's in the next one uh new york city and then getting on the train and going And then thinking you're going one place and actually getting off at the other, then you're going through this small little town, and then you're going up the sky lift into the mountain, and you know I wanted it to have that that always getting bigger and bigger feel to it. You know the little auction house, fancy
2: art house. Yeah, we started at the auction house, then we, you know, there was the the civilian hotel with the the tattooed guy running away when we caught him, or when we, you know, when we went up there, and then. You know, going to the creepy old lady's house. There, there are a lot of really fun locations. Like this, would have made a fun, uh, you know, three-part X Files or th- you know, three-part spy flick or something like that.
0: It's funny because lately I've been watching the X Files, like the older ones, when they had some good flavor to them. I still like that show immensely. I think that, and not even the alien aspect, but the uh, like just the monster esque or you know, the cultists and shit. I think that it's a huge inspiration for when I write my own home stuff is that and uh true detective mindhunter uh, millennium, that old show with uh, Lance Henriksen. Yeah. Yeah. I loved that show too. They had that whole thing where these people just were thinking constantly about the, the end of the millennia and how that would affect everybody's brain and shit. And so they're trying to usher this, this darkness in and, I don't know, it's been been a long time since I watched it. But from what I can recollect, I really enjoyed that show, too. So they're all yeah, major. Yeah, this was
2: this was a different adventure, too, because, well, one, it had that super fun spy element or esp- like espionage sneaking around. I, at no real time, feared for my life until the very end, which is weird for a Delta Green game. Like, the cultists stood up to us, and the, the poor homeboy just got smoked fast, you know. Yeah. Got, got killed with his own knife. <laughs> basically well imagine um, but it was great it felt we i felt very powerful but i was the part that was tense was the the oh my god what are we going to be going up against next what is the thing like the cultists like i called it early it's like these are a bunch of wimpy college berkeley you know dudes that are like got into some cult it's like they didn't they didn't know how to fight for shit you know but well,
0: they're just humans for in their defense they're just humans but could you imagine how the the combat would have gone if Odesso didn't have the fifty caliber Barrett?
2: Would have taken I mean, slightly longer. Me and yeah, Makamura would have taken care of business.
0: But Odesso got shot too. Yeah,
2: he did I mean, dodge.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, and Makamura so shot okay. out, shot right next to him too. I mean, so he was deaf and wounded,
2: <laughs> blew an eardrum. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh. What the <laughs> Uh Yeah, it was just I I wanted you guys to be putting the pieces together in this epi- in this scenario rather than fighting 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 cuz you shouldn't be fighting all the time because once that starts happening then you start losing blood, you start losing HP and you don't Sanity. you you, <laughs> yeah, you don't gain it back that fast. I mean.
1: Mm-mm.
0: It could take a well you sleep one night you get one hit point back that's that's negligible i mean yeah
2: yeah yeah well this was the one of the first uh well i've had fun in all the aps but this one was where i really felt like the agents we were on top of things on point the only fear was that of the 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 unknown of what's going to happen that they didn't pose a threat to us at all in my opinion like i i knew we could take them out the threat was If they see us we could compromise the whole thing so that's why there was so much effort put into like all right uh we'll switch up things so it's not the same dude kind of patrolling the hallways makamura do this and makamura was a a awesome star player because normally we, we you know we're playing with it's just tony and i adesso and ichi um and then in the previous games like we had uh you know all four of the agents together where you could really cover a lot of ground but having that Makamura, uh, even though it was an NPC, we were able to have him do things that needed to get done. That would probably be boring for the listeners if one of the agents was like, "All right, Ichi, you're still on your phone. You've uh, got to level, uh, you know, sixty on Diablo Immortal. Uh, what do you want to do? I'm still watching the hallway for another two hours." <laughs> you know, like yeah. we could have Makamura do that while we were doing the more interesting stuff for everyone to listen to and for us to do, and then we could. You know keep in touch with makamura and then trade off you know like when i was watching it we could have the more interesting things happen and for stuff for us to figure out
0: and it is good to have a, a passive npc that could make rolls and and help move things along like every time he was making a an alertness check or something and i was rolling to see if he did or not that way it's it doesn't like cheat in that sense but it, it helps keep you up to speed that if you had another person on the team they would still make that check i took away their agency obviously because you guys run the show when you guys are doing it but when you said that it seemed like you guys were more agents investigating and coming to the conclusion of the things that you did in this ap that's totally true because I, I liked watching you guys put the pieces together it was 100 cerebral you know, uh, up until you got, well, so I guess 98%, until you got to the end, maybe 97% because you fought the guy on the, the conductor on the platform. Yeah, he <laughs> dealt with that guy too, so. The guy who ran from us at the civilian, what was the deal on that? He was an ex-con. He didn't want to get embroiled with all this stuff.
2: He was there to, to freak out and run for and for, to draw us away. That's why it's like, Makamura, you go take him.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, it had it to where he recognized your authority and he wasn't going to start answering to it because he was on parole. He'd gotten the job from a brother-in-law or something like that. And the last thing he needed was to get sent back on something stupid. You know, that's Mm -hmm. why he had all the tats and shit like that. He had the the wispy hair in the back. He He was a total degenerate that had just happened into this. And he's like fuck this. I'm out of here. This isn't even worth it for minimum wage.
2: So yeah, I thought he was I thought he was part of the fight club at first until he ran because I thought like, oh, they have one of their cultist dudes working here. That's why they can get the rooms and if if dark and shady shit happens like, you know, the the, the concierge guy can say, "Oh, yeah, uh we don't need the cleanup right now over there. Just go to the other." You know what I mean? Like he he was like in on it, but it's I that's what I thought at first, but as soon as he broke and he also had hair, <laughs> so yeah. Um, but uh, he might have been one of those, like you know, the Fight Club guys. Like you know, everywhere I'd go, the guy goes to the restaurant. He's like, "Hello, sir," and <laughs> he's got the bruises on his face and everything. Yeah.
0: Now he, he wasn't. He wasn't part of the group, and I also wanted to give the feeling like that Deacon Gray and his men weren't affiliated. They weren't from New York. You know, that's you know they were very they had the german accent they weren't from this place at all uh, because they had to give the information for the bidders account back at the auction house and all that stuff is true by the way when you when you're doing anything with that particular auction house you have to open up a bidder's account and they have to have all that information and they take a certain percentage and they need to know your financials and shit like that. So, it, right, that's the kind of <laughs> so stuff not, that you can had. make good on a bid,
1: or you're just wasting everybody's time. Yeah, exactly. Or you're not really a, a bidder; you're just driving the price up for the ultimate. Yeah, you know, you're working for the seller.
2: You know, I like how Adesso was going to take that 1.2 million minus the commission fee. <laughs> I'm, I'm still
0: <laughs> sad that we didn't do that. <laughs> you know? Well, you guys enjoyed Macomaro so much that in the next AP collateral damage you will come across another npc william dalton
2: the name's dalton dalton (laughs) so does he do sweet ass roundhouse kicks he
0: might now that you said that i might might make him more of an ass kicker Um,
2: hey man what's your name coffee black
0: (laughs) (laughs) but I, i have thought of some pretty cool stuff on this one, and I'll, I'll run it by you guys later for the uh, the new one. I really enjoy it, uh, but I think we're going to wrap it up for tonight, right? Yeah. Uh, what's that? Excellent, excellent. Yeah. But I'm glad you guys enjoyed your time going through lot number 27. We spent what eight hours recording that, not counting this. So
2: yeah, and like six of them in a row, right? Like that was yeah. We did, and then the other ones, you know.
0: We do the next two the next day like
2: yeah well maybe you early got in that the
0: morning <laughs> yeah let's not let's not leave that in
2: yeah just yeah. reminder writer cut that part <laughs> yeah. but yeah we got to play it we got to play this campaign almost continuously like and it, that is so much fun because you're you're on it you remember the names you remember the feelings what's going on it's fun playing on a weekly basis but you you kind of get the week gets in the way of the, of the weekend, you know, and then you forget things and you're like, wait a minute, where were we again? Like there were countless times that we were going to do something in a campaign and then, uh, and then something happened and Ryder's like, Hey, remember last week when you were going to do this? Yeah. Yeah. You didn't. I'm like, shit.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And if you go three, four weeks, that's, that may be three and a half episodes back.
2: Yeah. Didn't we, that was in, um, the previous campaign where we were going to set up a watch at Joe Krista's house and that just fell through because we we couldn't follow up on it. Yeah,
0: that's right. You were going to have Heisenberg post somebody at the Spivey residence. Derringer. Yeah. 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 Derringer. God, even I forgot. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to say goodnight and then we'll get ready for the, uh, the other
2: episode. All right. So, so just-, just chill to the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. I All All right. Good night.
0: Thank you for joining us once again on Roll the Heart 20 podcast. Remember, you can find us and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora Radio, iHeartRadio, Amazon Podcasts, and Audible. And if you like what you're listening to, be sure to leave us that five-star rating and review. Don't forget about our YouTube channel at Hard 20 So if you're into watching and you want to help support this show, then head on over and hit that subscribe button. It really does help the show out. We can also be found in the wild on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So don't forget to look for us there and check us out. You can also contact the show directly at Hard 20 podcast at gmail.com, or head on over to the website at RollTheHard20Podcast.com, where you can download the current show directly, pick and choose past shows from our archives, or view our galleries. We've got a lot of stuff posted over there, so check us out. And finally, join us on our Patreon at Patreon.com slash RollTheHard20Podcast, where you can become a hardslinger and pick up swag. So, until next time... Keep your dice warm and your glass topped off as you roll those hard 20s.